Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Uh, but first, Nico, mm-hmm. the people want to know, okay, which of us is the ex-Christian <laughs> and which of us is the non-believing sort of Jew? I'm the ex-Christian and you're the non-believing sort of Jew. Uh, you've mixed it up. Try again. Okay. I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. This is Nico. What's up? Um, how you doing? <laughs> you might be able to tell because he has a male voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we usually talk about like what type of Bible we're reading. I'm reading the NRSV, specifically the Oxford NRSV. I am reading the NIV, the New International Version, and uh, it has <laughs> it has some fun content for this book. <laughs> I love content. Uh, one thing I want to <laughs> remind high quality content. One thing I want to remind our listeners of: this is not a Christian Bible study podcast, um, so we're not you know believers. And we also sometimes discuss material that can be triggering or inappropriate for kids. Of course. So this is actually the first episode that we're recording since we officially launched the show. It's true. Easter of 2016, year (laughs) of our Lord. Um, And we are so, so thankful. Thankful. Like, thank you so much, you guys. Um, We are already on the new and noteworthy section in the literature category of iTunes Mm -hmm. because so many of you have rated and reviewed. And that really, like, we're so excited about it. We are very excited and extremely thankful. Thank you to everybody who listened and recommended it. We love you all very much. And we'll put in a good word for you with God. Because we we can do that. Yeah, we can do that now. Okay. So today we're discussing the book of Joshua. We've made it out of the Torah and we're into the historical books. That's right. Uh, Did your Bible have anything interesting to say about the historical books? Only that they are mostly not that historical. 
Um, <laughs> Surprise. And they've been, depending on the tradition, they've sometimes been reorganized as, rather than being historical, they're like just a part of this long-running story between Genesis and Kings. Mm. Well, my book of Joshua starts out with an essay titled The Conquest and the Ethical Question of War. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to read you a little bit from the beginning. Play it on me, baby. Many readers of Joshua and other Old Testament books are deeply troubled by the role that warfare plays in this account of God's dealings with his people. Not a few relieve their ethical scruples by ascribing the author's perspective to a pre-Christian and sub-Christian stage of moral development that the Christian, in the light of Christ's teachings, must repudiate and transcend. But then, the essay goes on to say, mm -hmm. actually, it's fine because God says it's fine. Right, it's the same God. So. Yeah, so it's like uh, war is okay. Like war is ethical when God commands it. Right. Um, Sub-Christian was yep. a rather worrying word yes. there for me. Uh, it's in parentheses. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so if you're wondering about any uh, any wars that the U.S. has been in, we're all fine because God said it was okay. I guess. I mean, but we don't have like a true prophet. God said us. it was okay. <laughs> Apparently tradition says that Joshua wrote this book himself, uh, except for the part where he dies, which <laughs> must have been added in by Eleazar, it says. Um, however, it doesn't say what who covered Eleazar's death, <laughs> which is also in there. Um, and it says it takes place between 1550 and 1200 BC. Okay. And it also notes that some scholars believe that this was written about 800 years after the events. But it waves that aside and it's like, eh, it was probably Joshua. Oh, right. Okay. Understood. Um, so that's, those are all my fast facts for the book of Joshua. Fast facts? Is that a new section? Should we play the fast facts themes? <laughs> it's just um, the Facts of Life theme song sped up really fast. <laughs> okay, you got it. Um, and shall we, shall we dive into Joshua? Yes. Uh, we left off last time. Last time on Sunday School Dropouts. Previously on Pre Sunday School Dropouts. Previously on Bibble. Um, <laughs> Moses was about to, like, guide the uh, Israelites into the Promised Land. Of course, he couldn't because he pissed off God. Um, and he died. And now Joshua is about to lead everybody into the Promised Land, and they're, they're done dicking around. Yep. Last time, the last book was basically them just, like, doing everything they possibly could before they entered the Promised Land. Yeah. Now they're actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game plan is basically like search and destroy. Yeah. It's basically like skate or die. Yeah. Um, it's like kill or be killed. <laughs> it's like. It's like surf and turf. It's like hog and rocks. Hog and rocks? Yeah. Do you mean hog and dogs? No. Oh. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> because the Israelites are going to go into Canaan, into the promised land, mm -hmm. kill literally everybody there. Uh, well, not almost. Almost Literally everybody almost everybody. Literally Almost everybody there. And then they're just going to, like, move into these dead people's houses. Yeah. Because the promised land, like, people are already living there. It's already <laughs> completely populated with, like, like established city-states and Inconveniently, the promised yeah. land is currently occupied. Yeah. Um, so who's our main man here? Who's our leader? Our main man here is Joshua, who we met uh, previously in the Torah. He was, like, Moses' assistant. Mm -hmm. um, His bad boy. His his what? His bat boy. His bat boy. I thought you said his bad boy. 
thought he was like his puff daddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> or like, he would be the mace anyway in the puff daddy in, in the bad boy family. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Uh, what else do we need to know about him? He he hasn't said a word before this book, as far as I know. Well, he and Caleb um, had a little subplot earlier when they sent out spies to like was check he one out of the, the was land. Was he one of the spies? Yeah. So oh, okay. remember, um, they went out yeah, and, and they were like, oh, we can't take this land. It's full of Nephilim. We're like grasshoppers to them. Mm-hmm. And um, Joshua and Caleb were the only two who were like, no, we can do it. And so then God killed all the spies except them. Right. Um, but so now he's in charge. He's he's taken over from Moses, and uh, God commands them to cross the Jordan and take the Promised Land. Right. The first thing God says to Joshua is basically, "As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you." Uh, he kind he, of forsook Moses. He kind of forsook <laughs> Moses, didn't he? Uh. Sh- that's not starting off at the oh, okay. I also he's the he's his name Joshua, son of Nun, which is kinda like a little who's on first thing. Oh, oh nice. I didn't know they had nuns back then. They had one. <laughs> they had how many? I thought they had none. Et cetera. <laughs> et cetera. You, can, you can do the rest of that. Dot at dot home. dot. <laughs> Fill in yeah, as needed. It's like paint by numbers humor. Here. Editor, repeat until page is full. <laughs> Um, so like pretty much the first story is about the Israelites going into, uh, into Canaan and mm -hmm. trying to take the city of Jericho. Yeah. So Jericho is just across the Jordan from where they are. Right. So, um, Joshua sends two spies ahead, um, to check things out, much like he himself was sent by Moses. Mm -hmm. White spy and black spy. I don't know what that means. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) And they end up. At the house. Does it say like how they end up there? So the two spies break into Jericho and then uh, the king of Jericho gets word that there are Israelite spies. And so he like starts a lockdown and like a house to house search and stuff. And they are for some unexplained reason in the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Well, if they're there for some reason, I mean. <laughs> okay. They're there for some mysterious reason. Right. Um, and then the king gets word. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and so he puts the city in the lockdown and, um, you know, some cops come to Rahab's house or whatever. And they're like, yo, we heard you have spies. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's great. Like she literally says, um, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from at dusk when it was time to close the city gate. The men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, which they is, went that away. Yeah. It's like. Like a vaudeville act totally. from 1400 BC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in return for that, she's like, she says, okay, I know you guys are from the Lord and I know you're going to destroy the city. Everybody is terrified of you. Their uh, hearts are melting like water. Mm-hmm. Apparently hearts melting was didn't mean you were like in love. <laughs> <laughs> it meant you were afraid. <laughs> or did it? We'll find out. We um, won't find out. Okay. And... She says, basically, everybody's heard about your God. We hear your God's the real deal. So can I join you guys? Yeah, she's like, so I helped you out. So now you'll save me and my family from destruction, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but you can't betray us. And she's like, no, I won't. And they're like, okay, that's cool. You cannot betray us. Right. She's like, no, I won't. So she's a hero of the faith. She's great. Yeah. She's also supposed to be a uh, an ancestor of Jesus. 
Wait, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what the little textual notes on mine said. Mm. So the spies go back and they tell Joshua. I like that the book made a very clear distinction that if the spies hadn't have met hadn't met uh, Rahab, Rahab, they wouldn't have anything to report because they got caught so quickly. <laughs> yeah, because they were fucking around just visiting prostitutes. <laughs> And they stumbled into some key intel, you know. Anyway, they go back and because they were lucky enough to meet a hero of the true faith, they were like, oh, everybody's terrified of us, you know. Yeah. Which I guess is the kind of intelligence they need. Yeah. Although, as we'll see later, what the hell do they need intelligence for? Um, well, we'll see it right now. Okay. <laughs> because they, they take the Ark of the Covenant and they head off. They cross the Jordan, which parts like the Red Sea, mm -hmm. um, which I didn't know about. Um, like... Crossing the Jordan is like a phrase and mm -hmm. it's like a trope, but I didn't know that it like literally parted. Yeah, it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to like lend Joshua's uh, time as as leader of the Israelites some sort of legitimacy. Yeah, it's like it parallels what happened to Moses. Right. And like a couple things like that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time that that device has been used either because there was like Abraham and Isaac like doing a bunch of the same things. Uh -huh, yeah, that's true. Like... Telling pharaohs that their wives were their sisters. Possibly the same pharaoh. You know. <laughs> yeah. Still a mystery. Um, so they cross the Jordan. And during the crossing of the Jordan, when the river is dry, God tells uh, Joshua to pick up 12 stones from the riverbed. Yes. They take 12 stones and they set them up as this monument. Mm -hmm. One for each tribe. Um, and then, you know, first things first, before we get this holy war, holy rolling... <laughs> we got to do a mass circumcision. <laughs> That's right. As we know, this is like God's biggest priority. He's been clear about that from the start. But I find that confusing because he's like an earlier covenant with God mm -hmm. said the Jews had to circumcise all their kids. Yeah. Um, so. I believe that may have been his covenant with Abraham. Well, so what happened was everybody in Egypt was circumcised. Right. Um, but, like, the people who have been born in the desert uh -huh. were not circumcised. Why not? I don't know. Um, probably because, like, they didn't figure out to shit in a hole until Deuteronomy. <laughs> so it, like, probably wasn't super sanitary. And Well, what does God care? He was wiping out tens and fifteens of thousands of them just <laughs> with disease all the time. Um, I don't know. You know, he he moves in mysterious ways. He, he forgot about it. <laughs> he was like, what was my okay, number okay. one thing? God would never forget about <laughs> circumcision. Um, okay. So, yeah. And because, like, everyone who came out of Egypt is now dead, mm -hmm. like, everybody left is uncircumcised. So they do that. They do a big old mass circumcision. Make flint knives and circumcise them again. That's <laughs> um, what God says. It's and... like, flint? I mean, we got steel. Is, <laughs> is flint totally Wait, necessary? Wait, do they have steel? Uh, I don't know. They don't. I don't think they have steel. They don't have steel. They're in the Bronze Age. Oh, 1400 BC is the Bronze Age. Shit. I mean, bronze or flint? What would your preference be? <laughs> um, you know, I, as someone who does not own a penis, mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair for me to weigh in on. You this. just rent yours? Um. Yeah. I lease it. <laughs> it's much more economical that way. That's a lie. It's a um, lie, and you know it. I like this. Uh, God tells them as soon as they've been circumcised, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. <laughs> um, our last episode included a few amazing uh, euphemisms for uh -huh. the male genitalia. And I really like uh, calling the foreskin the reproach of Egypt. 
so put so, it in put it in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> it's on there now. Um. So yeah, they're all mass circumcised and and they're very vulnerable right now. Um, but they just wait the three days or yeah. whatever it takes to heal. But you remember from Genesis, mm-hmm. this was how they they wiped out an entire town. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Joseph's sons. Um. Their sister's fiance, they had him and his whole town get circumcised in order to marry her. And then instead of letting them get married, they just killed the whole town while they were all recovering from circumcision. Recovering from circumcision. So before they actually captured Jericho, um, after this mass circumcision, now they're all like clean and ready to ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice this weird little bit? It's right at the end of, of Joshua 5. Mm-hmm. By Jericho, Joshua meets a stranger with a sword. Mm-hmm. And then the stranger introduces himself and says, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. Mm-hmm. What was that? He's an angel. He's an angel? Yeah. yeah. But then they never mention him again. Uh, so he's just there all the time? Uh, no, no. He just like appears there. And he says, like, take your shoes off. This is holy ground, which uh-uh. is another parallel because that's what Moses had to do when he found the burning bush. Yes. Um, and then I think he just like gives him instructions on what to do. Oh, Okay. I want to hear more about this mysterious stranger. <laughs> well, you can't. Before they invade Jericho, they also celebrate Passover. That's right. And mana stops generating. This is the last time they eat mana. Yeah. And I'm su- I'm assuming they're delighted by this fact. Yeah. Finally, they can have some GD olives. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, they're like playing a druid and wow, in which case their mana stopped generating and they're pissed. <laughs> They forgot to equip their potions. And now all their teammates are dying. Mm-hmm. What do you call them? Teammates? What do you call them? <laughs> raid mates? Raid mates. That one sounds good. We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> okay. So, back to the angel with the sword. His instructions. Is it his instructions or is it God's? I, that's what I'm confused about. Hang because on. God talks to Joshua the rest of the time. So uh, that's why I was confused that this angel with a sword just showed up this one time and didn't do anything. Just introduced himself and said, take off your fucking shoes, you know? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, then then it's over. That's all he does. Yeah. So I, I thought that was confusing. But I've um, been confused before about, you know, who was God and who was an angel, etc. Uh, yeah, but this is an angel. Okay. I think. I mean, I'm, I'm not a biblical scholar, but... See, I was imagining this scenario where, like, the commander of the army of the Lord showed up and then he was in charge, you know? Oh, and, he was, and like, he was, like, leading the battle. Yeah. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. So, there are instructions for taking down Jericho. hmm Jericho is tightly shut up. They've got their walls closed. They're not letting anyone in or out mm-hmm. because their hearts are melting with fear. Mm-hmm. And the way that the Israelites are supposed to take the city is to march around the city all day well once per day for six days okay like carrying the ark of the covenant and with priests blowing trumpets yes and then on the seventh day they march around it seven times blow a long blast on the trumpet have all the people give a loud shout and the walls of jericho will fall Mm -hmm. and then they just walk in and do what they want yeah they march around the city once a day for six days on the seventh day they march around seven times they Blow the trumpet like a regular Louis Armstrong, <laughs> like a regular Miles Davis. <laughs> like a little Chet Baker. I don't know any other jazz people. Matt Adderley. A regular Jimmy Smith. <laughs> Jimmy Smith was an organ player. Jimmy Smith. Um. What's whack is they're playing 
it's, I guess it's not that whack, but they're they're playing like ram's horn trumpets. Yeah, like shofars. Mm-hmm. Not... What, hap- what happened to those sweet I know, silver trumpets that they made? I know, what happened to the silver made? ones? I don't know. Mo- As we discussed, Moses had to fucking learn how to make like, forge things yeah. out of silver in order to make those stupid trumpets. And now they're just sitting in a box somewhere, yeah. you know? Um, so. He'd be rolling in his grave to see those trumpets unused <laughs> if anybody knew where it was. Oh, yeah, but they don't. That's... Nope. And we'll never know. The walls fall. They ransack the city mm-hmm. and burn it down and kill everyone except Rahab because mm-hmm. she did him a solid. Yep. And so, hurrah. <laughs> what a oh. joyous occasion. We've slaughtered hundreds of innocents and we are now taking over the promised land where one, our first like big victory in the promised land. Except what have the Israelites done at basically every step of the journey so far? Uh, Besides fuck Mo. up, yeah, disobey God. Yeah, they fucked up. So they fucked up <laughs> in this one. One of the Israelite soldiers steals the wrong kind of loot during the during the loot. Well, it's not that he steals the wrong kind. It's that he steals, like, that loot was supposed to go to God. Oh, right. That loot was supposed to, like, be put in the holy treasury or whatever. Right, from whence it split up into those very particular ratios that they talked about in Deuteronomy. Yeah, yeah. or, like, probably just given to the priestly class, but whatever. Um, so his name is Ahan, mm-hmm. son of Carmi, who featured in our goofy name game That's right. two episodes ago. And he takes a beautiful robe from Babylonia and about five pounds of silver and one pound of gold. What does God do? Well, God takes a very passive way, a passive approach to this. It's true. Because so the Israelites are unaware that one of their number has robbed God, mm-hmm. basically. And they start plotting the next attack, and it's against a city called Ai. Ai! <laughs> Wait, isn't that a children's author? Does A-I? I? Uh, I don't know. I think it is. It's a movie. It is? Yeah, Steven Spielberg. About what? Oh, A-I! Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Jude Law was a, was a male prostitute robot, mm-hmm. and it was uh, awesome. Okay, a robot. <laughs> the Israelites go out, send out a, like a scouting party to check out Ai, and they say... Oh, they're pushovers. We only need like a thousand people, two thousand people, three thousand, and they end up saying sending three thousand. Oh, okay. Uh, just to make sure, but they get up there, and the the Amorites, I guess, who live in I, uh, rout them and, and kill thirty six men. Thirty six men, <laughs> which doesn't quite sound like a rout <laughs> out of three thousand. Although you know, you, you don't the way want it's described in the, the way it's described in the book, the Israelites sound like they're running for the hills, you know, with like arrows filling their backs and stuff. But then it says they just lose thirty six guys. I guess, like, if God has been on your side so much, <laughs> and like you're used to losing zero guys, uh-huh. um, like then the Sam- that's a big deal. It's like the Samson Samson effect. Although, I do want to point out that God has killed way more than thirty six of them at a time, multiple times. Yes. But I guess the people who are alive might not remember that. So the way God takes credit for this is basically saying uh, Joshua first totally breaks down in the face of this minor setback. He is just tearing his, literally tearing his hair out. Yeah, and ripping his clothes. Rending his clothes, uh, sobbing and and weeping. Um, He just, he absolutely loses it. And he's like, God, how could you do this to us? You know, this is our promised land and we're... We're setbacks at every turn. It's like the fucking second city, man. Yeah, that's Come true. on. You've been in charge for you like a day. You just took over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> chill out. 
And God says, oh, well, oh, I forgot to tell you, uh, one of your people stole from me. So I just decided. I hate you. Yeah. I just decided to let you go your own way. And apparently you're idiots that can't formulate a simple plan. So they like question everybody in the camp and Han confesses that he has all this stuff buried under his tent. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they stone him and his family to death. That's right. And that is the end of that story. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. We took care of that. Whew, it's uh, like a weight off my chest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then they reattack Ai, and this time they win. Next, we have uh, a chapter titled... Wait, before we move on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So after this, after this like sort of setback and re reversal at Ai, I wrote a little note that was like, what are the odds that the Israelites fuck up again at some point in this book? Like 100% is what I wrote. 100%. Uh, just because that's the way all of these are structured. Because how else would they teach us any lessons if the Israelites didn't totally mess it up at some mm -hmm. point? But we'll see. We'll see. Cliffhanger. <laughs> we'll see Cliffhanger for our <laughs> Sylvester Stallone podcast. Uh, <laughs> the Sly Hog. <laughs> Rate and review on iTunes. Um, so next is uh, chapter chapter 9 titled... The Gibeonite Deception, which is... That's an awesome name. It's my favorite Dan Brown book. <laughs> um, and so the Gibeonites are... They live in the nearby city of Gibeon. And they see how successful the Israelites are mm -hmm. against all these other cities. So they pull a little trick. <laughs> what they do is they have a plan. They're going to deceive the Israelites. Um by convincing them that they're not from Canaan, not from the land where they're currently at. So they dress themselves up in all their most tattered clothing. Yeah. They, like, have water skins with holes in them, and they, like... And they pack a bunch of stale and moldy bread. <laughs> and they go to the Israelites and say... Oh, and they're on, like, hella, like, janky donkeys. <laughs> like, they're on their, like, raggedy-ass donkeys. <laughs> they go to the Israelites and say, hey, we're not from here. Uh, We're weary travelers. Yeah, as you can tell by our janky donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and we hear that you're good people, so would you mind if we like stayed with you for a little while? And like made a like made a peace treaty or something? Well, I don't know. Just break bread, you know, just like hang out together, share a meal. And the Israelites say, yeah, you know, as long as you're not from Canaan, I mean, we're obligated to kill literally everybody from Canaan, yeah, so, so it would be like, awkward if you were. They're like a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. They're like, are you sure you're not from Canaan? Oh, yeah, no, look. Have you ever seen a, a raggedy doggy yeah, like this? Yeah, like, look at my wine casks. They're full of holes. <laughs> anyway, the Israelites break bread with them, and a couple days later, the Gibeonites reveal their deception. Well, first they, they make a peace treaty. Yours just says break bread? Well, yeah, yeah. Mine says, like, they make a peace treaty. Oh, okay. Um, so the Gibeonites, like, make a formal peace treaty with them. Oh, do they? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's what my Bible says mm. anyway. Um, and then a couple days later, like, they reach Gibeon and they figure out, like, oh, they were lying to us. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing they can do about it because they made this peace treaty and they, like, swore in God's name and they can't break an oath in God's name. Got it. Got it. Um, so instead of killing the Gibeonites, <laughs> they just, like... <laughs> basically make them slaves yes. like they just give them all the crappy like hard labor jobs like carrying water and uh, cutting wood and um i just really love like the hypocrisy of like they 
this is what they so desperately wanted to escape in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And now, like, at the first opportunity, they're doing this to someone else. Absolutely. But this is also the birth of the famous phrase, better water than slaughter. Wait, is that real? No. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was real. <laughs> you just thought it was real because it rhymed. That's true. Rhymes are very convincing to me. <laughs> I believe all ad slogans are true. But yeah, I don't know. It, it was just interesting. It's like the concept of morality was so different back mm -hmm. then. Like there was no idea that humans should not be slaves right. because like humans universally deserve fair treatment. Right. It was just like, no, we don't want to be slaves. Yeah, we don't deserve to be slaves. Yeah. Because we're God's God's chosen people. Yeah. yeah. So we'll make you slaves instead. That's mm -hmm. that's what God wants. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then five so then these five like nearby city states, the five Amorite kings, mm -hmm. um, go to attack Gibeon. And now like Israel, because of this peace treaty that they swore to, they have to defend the Gibeonites, which like it's like Kanye's water bottle on the plane you know uh -huh. it's like oh great now i have to be responsible for this you know like there, a few days ago they didn't even know who the Gibeonites were they would have killed them if they'd gone to their town and now That's they true. have to fucking defend them against like a five a five nation army yeah although they were going to kill all those five nations anyways that's true so if they all get together in the same place it's even easier that's true i mean as long as god's on their side i guess so they do they they kill them all they uh they hang the kings from a tree and then throw them in a cave. Mm -hmm. And the, the battle with the five kings is it has a bunch of magic stuff in it. It has, there are divine hailstones that fall from the sky and kill more people than the Israelites do in battle. Oh, whoa. I missed that part. Really? Yeah. And also there's one section that says that the sun and moon stopped in the sky until the Israelites could finish their slaughter of, oh, the, yes. of the army of the five nations. I do remember that because my... Bible, which likes to take everything very literally, um, has a note that's like, it was probably like overcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Thanks. don't you think they probably knew like what overcast was? Like, don't you think they would just say it was overcast if that's what happened? Thanks, Niv. <laughs> yep. And then like the next section is just they, them conquering a bunch more city states in the area. Including um, they kill off the last of the giants. The Nephilim. No, not the Nephilim. Oh. These are like the Anakim. Oh, the oh yeah, the Anakites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there are like five races of giants in Canaan. <laughs> That's a lot of races of giants. Yeah. Um, but now they're all dead. This is the last of the giants. Excellent. <laughs> you like that? I think it's very sad. Oh. I mean, I guess it is, but lots of things are sad. <laughs> do you think the do you think the giants are Neanderthals? No, they're giants. Oh. They're they're the unwanted offspring of, of angel and humans, oh, you know? Okay. Even even God doesn't want them. Maybe like <laughs> that's really harsh. I might be being influenced by my Bible, which takes it very literally, and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, they were just like tall. They're, they're just, just like people. taller than average, yeah. They're no. like, you know, seven feet tall. I imagine them as more of like a, you know, they're like mystical stepchilds, you know. Stepchildren? <laughs> the segment is over. <laughs> you looked at me like I just betrayed you. Like I just turned you into the Gestapo. Okay. So then Joshua 13 kind of like jumps forward in time. Um, and the Lord tells Joshua, you are very old. 
and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over, which, like, how much friggin' land do they have to take over? It takes them seven years to do it. Oh, my God. Even with God fighting all their battles, it takes them seven years. Then is that... Is that the end then? Like that goes that that's all the seven years or that's pretty much the end. Although in the previous section in twelve, I think they list all of the thirty-one kings that they depose. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's like their grand tour of okay. Canaan, like all the different like if there was a T-shirt of the retaking of the mm-hmm. Promised Land, there would be like all these different places on the back of it. You'd be like, yeah, Neil Young or, or Grateful Dead. Who do you follow? You follow Grateful Dead. Uh, you can follow whoever you want. Oh, okay. I'm a parrothead, personally. You're a parrothead. That's <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Yep. I didn't. I didn't know you were into that. This is we're learning something new about each other. Well, I wear many hats. One of them is a parrot hat. Wait, does he really have parrot hats? <laughs> you don't know if he has parrot hats. You're not a real parrot head. <laughs> if you got to get that, wear a parrot hat. If you, gotta, as they say. Oh, I don't think they say that. Hmm? Pretty sure they do. You've never wasted away in Margaritaville. So, in among this huge tour of the entire breadth and depth of Canaan, they go to a lot of wacky places. Um, And I was curious if you skipped over a bunch of these or if you read them very carefully. I will confess that I mostly skimmed them. Ah, excellent. Because I want to play a little game with you. A little game? (laughs) What's what's the little game? Connect (laughs) 4? No. Oh, I'm really good at Connect Four. Yeah, it's not that hard. The game I want to play is, um, a little while ago we played a little game called Hate the Player, Not the Name, mm-hmm. where you quizzed me on made-up people names. Yep. Uh, I want to do the same thing, except it's for place names. Okay. Isn't that ingenious? <laughs> it is. What, what is this game called? This game's called Turn That Town Upside Down. <laughs> All right, let's do it. You ready to do it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you a name. What I want you to tell me is whether it's from the book of Joshua or whether Mm -hmm. I made it up. Okay. I'm ready. No, wait. Hang on. Let me take a sip of wine. Okay, I'm ready. You sound fucking ready. All right. Ashtaroth. That one's real. That is correct. It's a town of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. Remember Og? The original OG. (laughs) He's my favorite. All right. Nice work. Number two. Gath Rimon. Well, okay. Rimon in Hebrew means pomegranate. So maybe this is like pomegranate field or something. So I'm going to say it's real. You are right. Yes. It's absolutely real. It's a town by the sea in the allotment of the tribe of Dan. Hmm. Good old Dan. All right, number three. Um, Hang on. I feel like you're not giving me sufficient praise for knowing the Hebrew word for pomegranate. (laughs) It's Ramon. (laughs) You're a good baby, and everyone is proud of you. Yes. (laughs) All right, number three. Arakeen. Arakeen. I'm going to say you made this one up. Well, it's not from Joshua. You're right. <laughs> it's the capital of Arrakis from Dune. <laughs> oh, I've never read that. That does sound biblical, though. Uh, probably because it's about, like, basically about space Islam, that oh, book. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. That's the one with spices, right? 
Well, yeah, just one spice. <laughs> All spice. <laughs> spice girls. Yes. That's the one with the spice girls, right? I'm, I'm going to keep nodding and saying yes right. until we move on. Okay, <laughs> great. I'm three for three right now. You're right. You're right. And it disgusts me. Here we go. Number four. Tanakh. Could you spell it? Of course. T-A-A-N-A-C-H. Ta'anach. Well, Tanakh in Hebrew means Bible. So I'm going to say that it's real. Yeah, you got it. Hells yeah! <laughs> You're deploying a lot of knowledge Yeah. Here. <laughs> you weren't ready for my Hebrew skills. No, I wasn't. This is a, a pastoral town in the allotment of the Kohanthites? The Kohanthites? Oh, okay. I'm not sure what those are, but that's cool. Okay. Anyway. All right. Number five. Balaam. Balaam? Mm-hmm. Spelled how? B-A-L-A-M-B. Oh, Balaam. Uh, that doesn't seem like a Hebrew-ish construction. So I'm going to say you made it up. Yeah. Bam! Five for five. I am a Bible expert. If you're going to shout, lean away from the mic. I will bit. never lean away from the mic. <laughs> All right. I just won a stupid game. There's, there's one more question. Oh, there's one more question. Oh, okay. 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 Save your gloating, please. Fuck. Try okay. to keep it in your pants for a fucking second. Okay. Um, number six. Tunarath. Oh, shit. Tunarath. Mm-hmm. Spelled T-U-N-A-R-A-T-H. Oh, man. Oh, man. That one's hard because that I don't recognize it, mm-hmm. but it could be a Hebrew construction. That is what would make this question hard. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's real. Oh, you're wrong. No! <laughs> I was so close. You were, yes, you were so close. I was so close. God was gonna let me into heaven even though I don't believe in him. But now I'm fucking stuck in hell again thanks to Tunaroth. Yeah. What even is Tunaroth? Was that's like that's like a cat food? <laughs> Tunaroth. Oh. It's the name of Philip Roth's cat, yeah. Tuna Roth, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a city from D&D, so there you go. Ugh. Nerd shit, yeah. What do you mean it's a city from D&D? Don't you make up cities in D&D? Yeah, you do, but there's like official settings and stuff. Oh, fuck. We can tell you more about it. Jack right? Chick was right. <laughs> D&D is keeping me out of heaven. Technically, yes. Oh. All right, so we're about halfway through. Um... I'm going to give Lauren a little bit of time to recover from her devastating five out of six loss Ugh. there. <laughs> We're going to listen to a little bit of music and then we'll be back with some more Joshua. Okay, bye. Bye.
Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. We are here discussing the sixth book of the Bible, Joshua. That's right. And when we left off, the Israelites had pretty much conquered the whole main part of the promised land, and they were about to start cutting up that sweet pie. <laughs> they were they were divvying it up. Um, and at this point, Caleb comes up to Joshua mm -hmm. and they know each other because they were the only two spies that didn't get killed in a plague for fearing the Nephilim. Right. Um, and Caleb is like, hey, you remember me? I <laughs> I was with you on that mission. Mm -hmm. And um, they're Eskimo bros. I'm now. What, they're what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, I was with you on that mission. And now I'm 85. But I'm still as strong as ever. Mm -hmm. um, and so you should give me some land. And I guess that's a good reason to give somebody land. Well, everybody gets land. I know, but like Caleb individually gets Hebron, the city of Hebron. Mm. Then Caleb says he will give his daughter Aksa. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Okay. Uh, in marriage to whoever captures this, this nearby town called Kiryat Sefer, which... I believe means book town <laughs> in Hebrew, as far as I know. Oh, book town. Um, Tell so, me more about this place. Yeah, so Caleb wants to get, like, his learning on. Uh -huh. um, so he promises his daughter, who, like, if he's, he's 85. He's some learning. If he's 85, I'm not sure how old his daughter is, but he's going to give her away in marriage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, my daughter's 65, and anyone can have her. <laughs> 65 and horny as hell. Oh, uh, <laughs> So this guy, Othniel, does it. He leads an army. He captures Kiryat Zephyr. Um, and then, like, the narrative zooms in as if we're about to get, like, a real story, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so it's like, you know, one day the daughter uh, urged her husband to ask her father for a field. And she, like, goes to her father. And right, right, right. She gets off her donkey. And then she's like, can I have some land? And he's like, yeah. And then that's it. And then it just goes back to like divvying up the land. I assume the rest was cut for time or something like <laughs> Fair that. Fair enough. Or then they were like, ooh, divvying up the land, huh? I'm a scribe. This is my main deal. <laughs> I don't care about this whole drama between like a daughter and her father. I want to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Let's just resolve that. Uh, then they established cities of refuge, you know, again. Yep. We've gone over those in uh, several times in Numbers or Leviticus or Deuteronomy Both. or something. All of them. And then we start reaching the end. So uh, Joshua, let's see. Oh, this is good. Um, when Joshua, like, so there's a few tribes of the of the tribes of Israel. There's a few that are going to live on the east side of the Jordan. Right. Um, the Transjordan. Yeah. As opposed to, apparently, the Cisjordan. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. So the people in the Transjordan, it's like the Reubenites, the uh, Godites and half of the half of the Manessas and the no, it's the half tribe of Manasseh. Oh, okay. Which is like, meaning they're only half Israelite, because Manasseh was like Joseph's son with his Egyptian wife, I think. But anyway, regardless, they're um, like not technically in the Promised Land because they're on the east side of the Jordan. Right. So, um, but they had to fight for the Promised Land just like everybody else. Did. Yeah, they, they sent along all their warriors with the main army. Yeah. And left their families behind yeah. in the Transjordan. Um. But so, like, Joshua blesses them, and he's like, you know, we're all Israelites, mm -hmm. even if you're not living in the promised land, like, we're all good. Um, and so then they go back, they go back east, and as soon as they get back, 
they build this huge stone altar. Right. They build, yeah, they build a huge stone altar on the promised land side of the river. And all the other Israelites. They instantly lose their shit. They're like, how fucking dumb are you? Like, <laughs> of all the things that we've been punished for over and over again, yeah. like, building altars to false gods is the worst. Yeah, and, pe people die for lighting incense wrong. Yeah. You know? And you're going to build a huge fucking altar and, like... Like, did you see what happened when Ahan buried some silver under his tent? Like, we lost 36, we lost 36 good American soldiers. Um, and now you're going to, you're going to make, you're going to ruin everything for like, everyone. Everybody's really concerned that they're risking the entire nation, nation. of Israel's relationship with God by yeah. building this weird altar. So they start planning to go to war. Mm -hmm. But then. In what has to be maybe the most heartwarming turnaround so far in in the story of israel or like one of them the the transjordanites the those three tribes are two and a half depending on how you count they say hey look we know we understand but just so we're clear we built this not to like sacrifice people or to worship another god or anything this is just because we want everybody to remember how faithful we are to israel yeah we just like we don't want to get left out yeah like is everyone hanging out without us? Yes, because they're on the other side of the Jordan. Right. But they're, like, we're still, we're still with y'all. Yeah. And they're like, we're concerned that, you know, when we grow up in the Transjordan and we raise our kids, they're going to be like, oh, we're not part of Israel. Israel's over there. But we want to like make this rock as like a, a stone of remembrance, a witness to the fact that we are faithful. And in fact, they call the rock the witness. Yes. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. And that's it. And, and that's it. And they're all, they're all happy. Again. And they're all cool. Isn't that delightful? <laughs> Also, there's they're making their home on the, you know, the graves of thousands and thousands of innocent men, women and children. But whatever. True. Um, so then Joshua is getting on in years. He's going to give his little farewell speech to like the leaders and the elders. Mm -hmm. um, and he just basically says, like, fucking obey God, <laughs> dumbasses. Like, I'm, you know, like. Just don't fuck it up, you know? Yeah. How many of these speeches have you heard over the years? Right. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Where I tell you, just obey the rule. Do you want me to tell you the Ten Commandments again? Because I can. <laughs> and in fact, you should read them every day because otherwise you're going to forget them because you're fucking idiots. So he gives them like a little refresher on everything that God has ever done for the Israelites. He's like, Abraham's father, Terah, worshipped other gods, mm -hmm. but I made a covenant with Abraham. And then ever since then, you know, I, I blessed Isaac, I blessed Jacob and... I brought you out of Egypt and I brought you here. I gave you, I let you conquer this entire land. They set up another stone monument. Right. In a, in a weird parallelism here where I think they may be talking about the same thing. Because uh, Joshua sets up his own monument that's like, and he's like, we'll call it the witness. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a witness to our faith. <laughs> and either he's just like ripping off an idea literally right after the Transjordan <laughs> tribes just thought of it. He's like, hey guys, I got a great idea. <laughs> That's like when a woman tries to advance an idea in a work meeting. Mm -hmm. And somebody else says the exact same thing yeah. a minute later. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. His version was more assertive. And then he dies. Um, Eleazar also dies. Eleazar is uh, Aaron's son. Mm -hmm. And Joshua's successor. Well, he's, no, he's Aaron's successor. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. So he's like the the head priest yes. as Aaron was for Moses. Yep. Eleazar is to okay. Joshua. They're buried in the hill country of Ephraim. Oh, and by the way, the stone monument uh -huh. that he sets up, 
is at Shechem. Okay. Which is where Jacob's sons slaughtered Dinah's fiance's whole city. Okay. With the circumcision trick. Where they did where they pulled the old yeah. the old So it's like they've gone like trick. <laughs> they've gone like full circle. They're back at this place mm-hmm. and um they're building stone monuments and having mass circumcisions again. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um also they apparently have Joseph's bones that they took out of Egypt. Do they really? That's what it says. So yeah. apparently like I mean, when we started with Moses, it had been, like, generations since Joseph. Mm-hmm. And, like, his his influence was forgotten in Egypt, and the Israelites were slaves instead of being, like, a favored group. Right. But apparently they still had Joseph's bones, like, in the community. And uh, they take them and they rebury those in Shechem. Cool. So. That was nice of them. Yeah, I guess. So also, like, this whole time, throughout the whole... Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, when we were wandering with them through the desert, uh-huh. eating mana, whatever, like dying of plagues. They also were like carrying Joseph's bones, <laughs> <laughs> which like yeah. you'd think they would mention in all those like, you know, like the tent pole has to be exactly this many inches long. But like, I yeah, guess... but they're, they're just relics of a, of a famous guy. They're not like the house where God lives. That's true. I mean, I guess they're probably just like donkey bones anyway in real life. <laughs> so that's. That's the book of Joshua. So the grand like arc of this book is basically talking about how cool it is to go to war, right? Um, yeah, um, if God says so. If God says so, right. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of make, you know, like how they've had, well, they've had a bunch of movies about Moses uh-huh. and like they recently did one about Noah. Right. So it's controversial because it used all like non-Jewish or Egyptian actors. Mm-hmm. Um do you think that Joshua would make a good movie? Yeah. It would be like a good, like a war movie, you know, like oh. in a world where brothers meet brothers. That's what I think war movies <laughs> are. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a war movie. Actually. Do you want to watch, do you want to watch that trailer right now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Check this out. They were promised a land. How long has it been since we left home? We are home. But to take what's theirs, they'll need courage. I've seen King Og. We were like grasshoppers to a man. Grasshoppers! Ingenuity. Damn it, Joshua. How are you going to get over those walls? What if there were no walls? And faith. Rip it out the state of our boys. We're all getting circumcised. Coming to theaters in 1400 BC. The Book of Joshua. I thought that worked okay. That was okay. But. (laughs) It was was weird. But I was kind of thinking I really liked Rahab's story, and I was wondering if, like, as another way of getting those biblical dollars, uh-huh. you know, that <laughs> church, church going market, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> rom-coms are, are the way to go. Rom-coms? Rom-coms. Did I say it weird? Rom- rom-communist? <laughs> Romedy communance. Romedy communance. How are you going to do that with this book? I think there's a pretty easy in, and I think it goes to something like this. 
She was unlucky in love. Rahab, when are you going to settle down? All these guys keep paying me to sleep with them and then leaving. He was married to his job. We infiltrate Jericho tonight. If anyone sees us, kill him. They were from different worlds. Are you hungry? Would you like a... fig? I don't know what that is. Do you have any mana? But they were a match made in heaven. Tell me about your god. Oh, he's a pillar of smoke. We carry him around in a tent, and he told us to kill everyone in Jericho. But you're gonna let me go, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. We're cool. This summer, the trumpets will sound a love song. The Book of Joshua. All right, uh, now that we've wasted everybody's time with our dumb fucking goofs, <laughs> let's um, get back to our podcast and rate this book rate this book nico yes can you rate this book i will do my best um i'm gonna give this book i feel like i've given this score out before but yeah i feel like it's pretty applicable um i'm gonna give this book like three out of six tribes of giants three out of six yeah yeah come? well so my main complaint mm -hmm. the back half of it with the lists of how uh, all the land is allotted mm -hmm. is just a waste of time. I don't understand yeah, who that's, that's for or what applicability it has in any case. Like yeah. I, I didn't see how you get any religious stuff out of that. There's no story. So I don't see how you get any, uh, anything out of it in a, in a literary sense. Yeah. It's like a Judd Apatow movie it falls apart in the last third. <laughs> Take that Mr. A. <laughs> but um, the first half there was only like one kind of cool story, which was the Rahab story. I like that. Um, otherwise, it was just like them killing people and just wiping people out and stealing their houses. And I don't know. It was okay. It had some nice Bible-ish Bible kind of stuff, but it really didn't blow me away by any means. And by the end of it, I was certainly like, why did I just read fucking 50 pages of lists? I don't understand. I don't understand what that's supposed to mean to me as a as a student of the Bible, which I'm not. <laughs> anyway, what did you think? I'm going to give it zero out of ten beautiful robes from Babylonia. <laughs> oh, no. Now, that is your lowest rating of all time. No, I'm just joshing because it's the book of Joshua. I'm really going to give it four out of seven beautiful robes from Babylonia. <laughs> using that joke i had to fit it in somehow did you um <laughs> um i well okay obviously i had some ideological qualms <laughs> with the slaughtering of thousands of innocent people okay just because god said so mm -hmm. um but i liked that the plot moved forward mm -hmm. And I also liked that it achieved something that uh, lots of modern media cannot achieve. Okay. doesn't seem to be able to achieve. I'm intrigued. Which is um, like a positive portrayal of sex workers. Okay. Where like just the, like Rahab is just like a character. Yeah. She's just doing work. Um, And like it 
talks about how she's a prostitute, but it doesn't like seem to pass any judgment on her for that. In fact, she's the only one who like is portrayed as good in True. the city of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, she's basically just somebody that like takes care of her family and like knows the real God when she sees it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was cool. I don't know. I guess I guess I'm giving I'm, I guess I'm giving that like a lot of weight. <laughs> it's your rating. I don't even remember like all the lists of <laughs> wacky place names. Good, good. Um, although I was able Not to yet. identify five out of six. Not that it, that inhibited you during the actual quiz. Yeah. So that's that's all I've got. For that's the not bad. Joshua. That's not bad. So that is it for our show tonight. Yes. Uh, we have been delighted to have you here. Uh, once again, want to repeat that since this is the first one that we're making since the show launched, uh, we're really delighted that so many of you have listened and so many of you have shared it. And that is like the thing that makes us happy above all else. Yes. Um, so if you want to do more of that, the most helpful ways you can do it are check us out on iTunes. Go to our page, especially leave a little rating for us. Leave a little rating. Yeah. Rate that rate that show like we rate this book. Yeah. Give us, you know, seven out of seven fancy Babylonian robes or whatever. If you want to. If you want to. Um that is super helpful to get the word out and um, other ways you can get in touch with us. We have a Twitter account, at SunSchoolDrop. We have a website, SundaySchoolDropouts.lol. Mm-hmm. We have an email address. You can send us email at contact at SundaySchoolDropouts.lol. And uh, we're also on Facebook. Yeah, you can you can thumb it up. You can like it. You can heart it. You can block it. You can tag it in your photos. Don't block it. You can play it on your boombox. Don't play it on your boombox. <laughs> okay, I got distracted. <laughs> but we would love to hear from you if you have any questions, I don't know, any comments on the show. Uh, thank you to Elise Carlton for our beautiful logo. It is so good and it looks so good among all the other podcast logos on iTunes. It's like, we're the best one for mm-hmm. sure. We are proud papas. We're proud papas. <laughs> and Elise Carlton is the mother of our logo son. And we mean that. So uh, that about wraps it up. I am Nico Bakulich. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And we will see you on Sunday.